Hi, this is Eric Chase, the afternoon host of Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105 and your host for 68 Words here with the Ability Center of Toledo. The Imagination Station is arguably the science epicenter of Northwest Ohio. Actually, I know it's the extreme science center of the area. A vital cog in the chemical equation that is the Imagination Station is their senior manager of education, Jenny Rowe. A diehard Harry Potter fan and a magical skill of being an incredibly fast reader. After coming from a classroom with a focus on students with disabilities, Jenny has been a guiding force in ensuring the Imagination Station is accessible and inclusive as possible. I wanted to stay in the education field, but do it in a different way. So with informal education, like we do at Imagination Station, it's all of my favorite parts of teaching with none of the stuff that was a little bit more stressful. Like I don't have to do a whole bunch of grading, which is right. really nice. I can work like regular hours and not 90 hours a week, which is very nice. We have sensory friendly bags with like noise canceling headphones and fidgets and communication cards, weighted lap pads and focusing wiggle seats, different things that help them really get into the science without having to worry about some of the other issues. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently, sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center and welcome to 68 Words. Jenny Rowe, welcome to 68 Words. Thanks for taking part of your day to be a part of things here to talk about uh, much accessibility and more at the Imagination Station. Thanks for having me. You uh, you have been there quite a long time, have you not? Uh, it'll be five years next month. Um, Going back to... Oh, time is weird. Time is weird these days. Five years ago, um, things have come a long way for a variety of reasons. We're here to, to, today to talk about accessibility and why that's so important for uh, those that you serve and those that visit the Imagination Station. Um, can we go back to five years and give me a snapshot of what accessibility or inaccessibility was back then? Uh, so when I first started Imagination Station, I was coming off of teaching and I did a lot of teaching of kids with different disabilities. And um, I noticed when I started working for Imagination Station, we were great for field trips for typical kids, but we had a little bit of work to do for kids with some different challenges. So we've worked really hard on making our programs more accessible, including more um, accessibility tools and uh, different modalities of teaching. We've always been super hands-on, mm -hmm. but now including making sure we include all of the senses in case people have issues with touch or other sensory um, things. Um, I, can, I, can, I can and we'll come back to um, some of those changes that you've made. Tell me about uh, the transition uh, from what, what led you to being a teacher, specifically with, it sounds like with kids with some disabilities. So actually I went into teaching just because I always loved school myself. So I always anticipated being a teacher. Um, I actually didn't go to school to teach kids with disabilities. Um, although disabilities do run in my family. So I have several brothers with ADHD. Um, I have family members with sensory challenges themselves and a lot of invisible disabilities. Um, but I just went into traditional teaching. Um, but I often uh, taught the inclusion class, which meant that I had students with a variety of disabilities in them. And I just, grew to love it so it was great um, but I taught in Florida and my, all my family was up here and then we started having some family uh, issues my stepfather got Alzheimer's my brother had a kid I just wanted to be closer to family so I decided if I was going to move across the country it was time to try something different and so I veered into museums are you nervous right now I am extremely nervous what, what's to be nervous about 
adults. I'm great at talking to children. I can talk to a thousand children. You throw one adult in the room and it like makes me stutter. Amy knows me well enough. Amy is our, our studio audience here today for the podcast. You're the first ever studio, studio audience member. This is this is quite an accomplishment. Uh, Amy can tell you, I am, I am very weakly, loosely an adult. So... <laughs> Um, and I too get along with kids better because uh, because adults can be a, a PIA, but there's nothing to be nervous about. Um, you brought up something that uh, was sent my way by uh, our director here at the Ability Center, uh, Stuart, uh, talking about invisible disabilities. Um, what do you mean by that when, when you brought that up? Um, so um, like we have some medical challenges a lot of my family we have my one brother has immune system issues um, my grandma had an aneurysm so now she doesn't function quite on the level she used to before sure. um, but if you didn't know her before you wouldn't see that right. so um, there's just a lot of different things that people don't always know about I have diabetes so just different challenges like that I, I look at the trite saying of everybody's got something everybody's dealing with something in, in a couple of ways one it is it is very trite and in some ways dismissive but also very accurate we're we're, we're all dealing with different things that you can look at a person and not know where um, when it comes to a physical disability if they're someone is un, un, unable to walk or they use assistance they can't see you can see that but many of us walk around with things um, generally speaking uh, challenge us to get through our days you uh, you you are exhibiting a temporary physical disability right now in the nervousness I can see on your yes, face. I get very social anxious as well. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the transition from, from teacher to, um, what is your official title at the Imagination Station? So I am the Senior Manager of Education. Okay. Um, education, you love teaching, you, you love school. Um, what was the draw of the Imagination Station and how difficult was the transition from being in a classroom to being in a big facility, which is like you said, kind of like a museum? Yeah, so um, the draw was I wanted to stay in the education field, but do it in a different way. So with informal education, like we do at Imagination Station, it's all of my favorite parts of teaching with none of the stuff that was a little bit more stressful. Like I don't have to do a whole bunch of grading, which is right. really nice. I can work like regular hours and not 90 hours a week, which is very nice. Um, what was the first aha moment that, uh, that I'm not teaching school anymore when you got to the Imagination Station? Because... Um, and I would guess a lot of places that, that cater to kids like this. I remember when I was a little boy, I went to a place called the Please Touch Museum. Um, it's 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 kid friendly. It's like a playland, and I'm sure that that atmosphere is across the Imagination Station. Um, did uh, Super Scientist Carl do something? Did he blow something up in front of you, and you go, "I am I'm not in school anymore." Uh, well, so on our very first day, um, we go in for training, and then at the end of training like getting to know imagination station carl like lights your hand on fire with methane bubbles which really freaked me out but i thought was super awesome it's now like my profile picture page so um yeah that's a little bit different you know i can blow things up and not get in trouble now which is yeah. very nice yes um let's talk about some of the, the the changes that you have overseen or put in put in place um from your time there because five years when it comes to a lot of things in the world um so much has changed, like almost a complete and entire 180. Uh, one example I use that might be something of a reasonable analogy, I remember 
um, when I was a kid, and maybe you ladies as well. Um, the the smoking section was the other side of the booth from the non-smoking section. And all these years later, I look back and go, "What? What were? Or what were we not thinking back then?" Um, do you have any thoughts like that? Looking back, going, "Why didn't we do this sooner?" It was right in front of our face. Yeah, I think um, one of those things is the addition of like accessibility tools into our programming. For example, we do a lot of things where kids are cutting things, and now we have adaptive scissors, which I've discovered I even like better than regular scissors. What are adaptive scissors? So we primarily use um, a kind of scissors called loop scissors, where instead of putting your finger and your thumb into the handles to squeeze it, you just kind of put your hand around it and squeeze it back and forth. Um, so it doesn't take as much fine motor skills, but still cuts very well. And also they can be cut left-handed or right-handed. Um, tell me more about little things like that. And, and that's that's why we do this podcast and have these discussions, because it's one thing to say, um, yes, people who might have a, a disability that they, they can't see or that they're unable to walk, um, we make accommodations for them. You've, you've seen all the ramps that we put in. It's easier to get up and down, but it's the little things like that are, are are equally as important. So give me some other examples like those scissors. Yeah, so we have um, adaptive mice. So we've got some- Mice? Mice no. mice for like a computer. Got it, okay. Um, so we've got a couple of different kinds now. Um, one, um, it's like called a big track mouse and it's got a huge roller ball on it and um, large buttons to press. And like um, people, we had um, a, a visitor who came in who didn't have a hand and could control that mouse to control the computer. Um, we also have adaptive keyboards for people with low sight or um, with harder uh, fine motor skills. Um, we've partnered with Culture City. So um, they are an organization that's international and does sensory friendly um, information. So all of our staff has gone through training on working um, with people with sensory challenges. We have a social story available on our website and through the Culture City app. Um, we have sensory friendly bags with like noise canceling headphones and fidgets and communication cards, um, uh, weighted lap pads and focusing wiggle seats, different things that help them really get into the science without having to worry about some of the other issues. Um the uh, KeyBank Theater has some of these features as well, right? Yes. So in our KeyBank Discovery Theater, we have um, closed captioning devices. We have assisted listening devices. We also have audio descriptive devices. Um, and we are just introduced Sensory Friendly Times, which is very exciting for us. So twice a week on Tuesdays at 4.15 and Sundays at 12.30, we have our Sensory Friendly showings. And during those showings, um, we did a focus group with the uh, Autism Society of Northwest Ohio. And they kind of determined like a volume level and a light level that worked for the majority of those um, people who came into the focus group. So we say it's like lights up, noise down, you can move around and it's okay during those times. Um, what would you say is um, the most frequent perhaps um, disability that you encounter uh, for visitors to the imagination station? Is it with uh, parents, with maybe with kids with autism? Um, I know that's kind of a challenging question. It is a challenging question because we don't ask people to like sure, identify sure. as they come in the door. And, and I simply mean like you can tell when they ask might ask for a sensory bag or something like that because I'm sure um, the point I was going for is 
all these changes that you've made in the last handful of years uh, have probably really excited some parents that their kids now are welcome because many places are still catching up. And seeing that kind of joy for the parents and the kids has to be a great part of your job. It is a great part of our job. And um, this summer was really exciting for us. We ran our summer camps for nine weeks. Um, we did a partnership with the Lucas County Board of Developmental Disabilities to give away a few scholarships and then also to buy some more of that accessibility equipment. And um, we had more student or children with disabilities attend our summer camp than we've ever had in the past right. by like 20 times almost. This might be uh, above your pay grade, but I think it's an important question that goes with that. People just heard there's a lot more visitors, more people are feeling welcome and not excluded. Um, is there a substantial cost to make that happen? Because I'm sure there are places out there and people are like, look, we would love to do it. We don't want to exclude anybody. Well, we simply don't have the budget for that. And then it can come off as a, as a bad optics, but nobody really wants that. So uh, what's the cost to do some of the things you've done? So there's an extensive cost for some of it. Um, we've gone through and we've kind of identified um, some of the things that we could change easier and what are more cost prohibitive items that are longer term goals for the Science Center. Um, and we based that on some walkthroughs that the Ability Center came through and did for us. Um, so we've made some small changes to some exhibits by like making um, our tennis ball launcher, which is like a perennial favorite. We added yes, some it like- Yes, It's one of mine. Yeah, so we added knots to the rope so like it's easier to pull a rope if you have some dexterity issues. Um, we've turned a couple of our exhibits so that they're easier to approach with a wheelchair or with a stroller. Um, and then we have longer term plans for some of our older exhibits that maybe aren't as universally designed. Um, and we also have been looking at, as we get traveling exhibits in, both their accessibility for um, people with disabilities, but also for language barriers. So our last several uh, traveling exhibits have been bilingual in either English and Spanish or English and French. So some of these things, I heard you just say you could just turn something and a, a plug here for what we do with the Ability Center, disability awareness experiences where people can learn about um, people they cater to, people they know who might have uh, particular disabilities. You turn something that probably didn't cost a lot, right? No, turning something was free. Adding knots to the rope was free. Sure. And they're um, partnering with Culture City has a cost to it. You know, making sure we have the proper accessibility devices for the theater had a cost to it. So um getting accessibility supplies has a cost to it, but we're trying to piece by piece build it in and make it better every day. And some things can be very simple, as you mentioned, like with the knots and whatnot, where if you, um, as with many things, if we just listen and educate ourselves, we can make some changes to be more welcoming to more people. Exactly. Um, what uh, what can people do when they're planning their trip to the Imagination Station? Um, maybe they don't know uh, it would be a huge mistake if they didn't listen to this podcast. It's it's wonderful free advertising about the sensory bags and whatnot or, or the quiet times, the sensory friendly. Um, people check the website or when they arrive, ask questions. Are there signs to look for? Yeah, so there's a combination of all of those things. Um, we have an accessibility page on our website, which is also translatable into dozens of different languages through Google Translate. Um, but we have our accessibility page, which lays out um, all of our accessibility um, initiatives, the fact that can, they can get wheelchairs or strollers for free um, is another thing that we offer. Um, it talks about the sensory bags and what's included. Um, we have a link to our social story um, on that page. Um, at the visitor services desk, we have large print maps, we have Spanish maps, we have sensory friendly maps. Um, so some things they can just ask when they come in, other things they can look at ahead of time on our website. Um, are you are you responsible uh, for any of the those traveling exhibits that come through? What's your role in those? 
Uh, I don't have a large role in those particular things. Um, Some of the education pieces that come along with it, um, the education team works on, but not necessarily identifying the exhibit themselves. Okay, how about this question? Um, In the last few years, with uh, a lot of these these changes, improvements, enhancements, um, maybe some of these traveling exhibits have not made those as quickly for whatever reason. They are traveling. It can be hard to make changes when you're literally on the fly. Um, Have you ever encountered an experience where uh, you have to step in and go, I don't think this is going to work out for the vision that we want to align ourselves with or when they arrive, uh, you make some tweaks or whatnot? So usually um, our our exhibits team really takes a good look at them ahead of time to try and alleviate any of those concerns. And then when they actually put the exhibits into our flexible gallery, which is where we put our traveling exhibits, they kind of really think through that process to make it as accessible as possible for everybody. Um, We have talked a lot about accessibility here, and it sounds like... uh a plus across the board for all things at the Imagination Station, but I would expect uh, nothing less. We talked briefly about the new theater, which maybe some people still don't know about because it kind of birthed uh, in the middle of the pandemic. In fact, I think it was a year or so ago. I think it was last September or maybe two. Time is weird during COVID times. There was supposed to be a grand opening. There was a COVID thing. And we shut it down, right? Yeah, so we did our great opening celebration like right around Thanksgiving time of November 2020, I believe. And then uh, we ended up still being closed. So then it ended up opening, soft opening in the summer of 2021. And now we're full blown open all the time. What else is new uh, besides maybe people have not even been downtown on Summit Street? I'm going to hope that they have. Maybe they have not, though. But the facade is completely different. If you haven't been to the Imagination Station or downtown in some time, you might go, what happened to the, did they bring Kozai back? Uh, It looks completely different. What else? What are some of the other new things? Yeah, so we've got um, the new theater, which is great, um, which we relocated our store. We have um, a satellite station, which is our like concession stands for the theater. We have a Berry Bagels right inside of our theater kind yes. of space, which is... You stole it from ProMedica. We did, but you know <laughs> what? It's much more convenient for me now, so yeah. that's great. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, we've redone our Atomic Cafe options. Um We've got our different traveling exhibits. Uh, a couple of summers ago, uh, the outside area was kind of turned into a little party deck for some adult time. Yeah, so we occasionally do that. Um, we usually have, when the weather's nice, we have uh, different tables set up outside so you can eat outside with your berries or if you brought a lunch from somewhere else, it's just a really nice place to sit at a table with an umbrella. Any of the, uh, any any inside the guts of Imagination Station or have any of the static exhibits that, uh, like the tennis balls, the bike, um, the piano that I like to step on as a giant child, and then the room that's right behind that with all the funny rooms and whatnot. Um, any changes or additions to anything inside Imagination Station? Um, there's been a lot of like facelifting that's happened. So we've given some things, some new paint jobs, a little bit of adjusting here and there. Um, just prior to COVID, we had uh, completely redone a lot of our kids space, for, which is for kindergarten ages and younger. We redid our grocery store. We made a ranger station, which a lot of people don't know if they haven't been in a while. We hid like little birds all around kids space that kids can take little field guides and try and find their bird and get more information, which is really fun. In en- I have tried, no one would ever accuse me of being the ultimate optimist, um, but one silver lining I've talked about incessantly um, through COVID is this, the brightest, gleanest, gleamingest silver lining has been more people are paying attention to their to their mental health. Uh, far more people are being less dismissive of that because they have been isolated, depressed, anxious, and so on and so forth. You're far less anxious, by the way, now. I'm glad I was able to comfort yes, you. Yes, thank you. Any silver linings 
uh, during COVID for the Imagination Station. Maybe time to make those enhancements without kids running all over the place. So we did have a lot of interesting things that happened during COVID. One of the things we um, got was an if-then grant, which allowed us to um, update some signage around our science center. So we have um, women and people of color and people with disabilities are severely underrepresented in STEM fields. So we've made... um, a lot of things actually. So we've got banners outside the Science Center showing uh, women of different ethnicities. Um, We've got photos inside the building and those were really great because we took um, a person from the If Then collection and then also a local scientist um, and put different career connections in all of our learning worlds. and we made sure we got, like I said, people with different from different backgrounds. We have um, someone with a visible disability, which was our now our first image of somebody with a visible disability who does science, which is very exciting for us. Um, we also got to do um, what we called Picture Yourself in STEM. So we did virtual conversations with scientists around the country with um, Toledo Public Schools. Um, and one of those, we used local scientist Adrian Bell, who also has a disability. Um, and that was a really great connection for um, the classes at TPS. And they, like, talked to her more. And I believe she's also a board member of the Ability Center. So kind of a local connection. Uh, we can we can sidestep this or you can hand wave me away if you want. But you brought it up that, that um, people with disabilities, people of color, people who are not white men are underrepresented in the fields of science, STEM. Um, do you want to answer why that might be or perhaps in a in a rosier way how we can improve that so i think the way we can improve that is just making it known that anybody can be a scientist science is for everyone that's like our whole slogan we want everybody to be welcome in science um i think historically um people with different backgrounds were kind of like pushed aside but we're we're doing everything we can think of to do to try and make the young child who may not have traditionally thought of themselves as a scientist really be interested in science or engineering or math through our different programming and our different exhibits. Um, it's our, what we would love to see is that to all equal out. Right. Um, two uh, last, last questions, last serious questions, I suppose, and then we'll, we'll get a little lighter. Um, Key Bank Theater, uh, Key Bank Discovery Theater, uh, one thing I always forget about and then I remind myself in situations like these um, it's it's more than just like nerdy science things right um, there are some other options I know we're not exactly showing the Avengers or Spider-Man yet but you might be we actually did show the Avengers okay. earlier this year that, that's why I wanted to ask yes yeah, so we have our um, science films our educational films every day um, and then we have special events we just did a local um movie about the Lake Erie situation, which Mm -hmm. I believe we are doing that again, October 6th. And um, that was nice. We can do, um, we did, uh, we just did, I was on vacation. I don't remember the film we just did. But there's more than but, just... But we do more than just that. Um, so we have a feature th- film month that's kind of like more adult themed. Um, and then we also do a lot of different events. It's very easy to run out the Key Bank Discovery Theater. We have a stage. We can do presentations. Um, all it's, kinds of different things. It's a screen unlike un- any other in the area, right? I, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, I think maybe Amy's predecessor, my friend Kate, was working there. I always used to badger her. I'm like, this is going to be IMAX, right? Nobody's got to drive to Henry Ford anymore. It is a beautiful screen unlike the, the theaters we have, right? It is, yeah. It's... Uh, 
my CEO likes to say it's like two killer whales, nose to tail wide. Um, it can do 3D um, films. It can do standard films. Um, you can hook it up to a computer and run any kind of presentation you'd like. It's um, We've had people run it out for video game nights. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, like Fortnite things, Madden tournaments. Um, those things. We've yeah. also had um, like flight simulator games in Very there. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a, a kind of a trivia question. And I forget the exact name of the event, but I absolutely adore it. Can, can you guess what my favorite Imagination Station event is? Maybe not. I've never attended. Uh, I think one was virtual. This year was in person. But it's the thing I love talking about and promoting the most of the Imagination Station. Your hint is I think it happens in spring. Well, I'm hoping you're talking about our girl power event. Yes! <laughs> oh, yes, excellent. Yes, yes. That is also my favorite event of the year. So, Talk a little bit about that for those that don't know. So our girl power event, um, it looks a little bit different every year, but we have generally have um, tons of people, um, females from all different STEM professions from the local area come in and do activity tables with girls. We generally have some keynote speakers and a panel talking about their experiences. It's all about getting girls engaged in STEM. Um, what are we looking for? When it's usually in the spring, right? Like April or March. It's usually in February, March. Okay. Um, any any plans or potential guests and in, in invitations out for next year? Uh, we've always got invitations out for next okay. year, but we don't have anything confirmed yet. Understood. Um, generally speaking, uh, exciting new exhibits coming to the Imagination Station. I had bugged some friends for a long time to get me like a nerdy Star Wars or Star Trek thing, but I've heard they're very expensive. Uh, we don't have Star Wars coming up, but we do have the Guinness Book of World Records coming um, at the end of September. And uh, that one's going to be super exciting. I'm very excited. What's been your favorite um, traveling exhibit that's been there in your time? Oh, that's a tough one. I think the favorite traveling exhibit that we had since I was there was Popnology because I am a very big geek and I loved the fact that there was the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> What's the center point of your geekdom? Oh, that's tough. Uh, probably Harry Potter. Okay. Any, would there ever be a Harry Potter exhibit or is that like, is that completely against everything that is science because that's magic and sorcery and wizardry? Well, you know, I just think magic can be explained by science. Right. So it can all be worked out. Um, but as far as I know, that's not on the table currently. Is there some type of saying that we maybe come across in, in like Middle Ages sayings that um, magic is only science we haven't figured out yet? If there is, I'm not sure, okay. <laughs> but uh, right. I like that saying. God, we do like to talk about in our um, like Star Lab and our portable planetariums how like before um, when we looked at the stars, we didn't really know what they meant. So they put like myths to kind of talk about it and how the stars were. People so. thought they were gods and they yeah. were like, nah, nah. And then, yeah. Um, two of my favorite, if I may offer just as, as, um, as a visitor of the Imagination Station, uh, the dinosaur one was great. Because uh, I will knock this a little bit. When we used to get the traveling dinosaur one that would come to the Seagate Center, mm -hmm. um, it was kind of bland. So I really appreciated uh, the detail. And it might have been before you were there. I think it was no, like... That was, I was, when I first started, it was there. Okay. And we did one of my favorite events during that exhibit when we did a dino snore where you could spend the night with the dinosaurs. And so we turned the lights off. And I had like on a little helmet with a flashlight and was giving like dinosaur tours to like the little the kids who were at the event. I love that. Event. That was one of my favorites. And I can't think of the TV show. 
were the Mythbusters. Guy- yes, that yeah, was that a good one was one. before my time. Okay, well, there was one thing I, I enjoyed everything so much as hands on at the Imagination Station. Um, I was not allowed about to let Carl shoot me with a paintball. I let my, uh, my my coworkers do that, but yeah, there are some great things that come through the Imagination Station. Um, it is an incredible part of our community, and that's why people should support the levy, right? Absolutely. We it would is, love to keep doing science. It is not a new tax. It is not. Yes. Every time you hear that over the next couple of months, you've got to ring a bell at the center um, <laughs> because you're going to get exasperated with hearing, not a new tax, but it's for a great reason. It really is. It is. Um, let's, uh, let's talk. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I have never seen any of the movies. Um, well, don't. The books are much better. <sighs> I can't even. I can't even begin with that. Um, and I, I'm not poo-pooing reading by any means. I'm just a. I'm a. I'm a nonfiction reader. Um, mm. What drew you to Harry Potter? Um, I love fantasy books, and I'm right. also a very quick reader. I was just on vacation and read 23 books in four days. So how? Okay. <laughs> okay. We should have started with this imagination station stuff. No. 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 How did you read 23 books in four days? I read really fast. That's basically it. <laughs> How was your brain able to do that? Like, were you ever taught to do this? Is see, there are there are people who may have a di- who perhaps have a disability, but in a very fantasy type way, their other strength, their other senses are strengthened. Yeah, it's Not, a different way to to look at the world. How, how did you pick up this skill, this superpower? I don't know. I've been reading since I was three, so it's just been my whole life I've read like to read I can if it's depending on the story I'm not as great with the nonfiction. it takes me a little bit longer to to process that but like with a fiction book I can generally read like 100 pages in an hour so can I have you read things for me and then I, I guess then that's just doing cliff notes but I'm a very slow reader not because I I, I lack intellect or I, I'm illiterate yeah I just process stuff very slowly and then because I read everything on my iPad now not that I dislike books it's just easier for me I'm always looking stuff up I I, I would like to think whoever started if there's any name for going down Wikipedia rabbit holes it should be named after me because that's that's what I do when I read a book yeah that's what I do with nonfiction so nonfiction takes me a lot longer <laughs> I don't believe this actually happened in 1946 what else happened in 1946 exactly. and then you're in 1546 looking up yeah. swords you start reading and then oh that's an interesting link and then that's an interesting <laughs> link and then that's an, yeah I get mad maybe you're like me I get mad at articles um, when they put 20 different hyperlinks in a 2,000 word piece to support what they're saying. And then before you know it, I got, I'm like, I got to slap my hand and say, stop opening these up. You want to read this article, you'll be here for hours. Yeah, I do the same thing. I read it and I'm like, oh, they, I need to read this one because they told me I do. That I click it and I go down and then I realize I never finished the original article and have to go back. I, I, I wouldn't be reading the article if I didn't believe you. You don't have to prove it with a hyperlink. What other fantasy stuff do you like? Um, one of my favorites series is The Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paolini. It's about dragons and fantasy. I just like, if I'm going to read a book, I like it to be like as different from real life as possible, I sure, guess. Sure, sure. I'm the same way. Like me, it's, I either want to get wiser, smarter, better, educate myself with, uh, with nonfiction, or I want complete and total escapism. So all my superhero stuff. Are you a Game of Thrones person? I have read all of the books. I did watch the series and didn't like it as much as the books. But I keep oh. waiting for the next book. I think he's going to die before it comes out at this rate. But <laughs> <laughs> I, if it, So I was one of the seven people who wasn't complaining about the final few seasons. But then again, I also wasn't there at Ground Zero when the show began. Um, but the, the beginning of the new series, Sunday Night, was, was quite good. 
I haven't seen that one yet. I'm, I, I recommend it, but you know what? I'm done giving out show recommendations. There's too much content out there. There it is. You can never keep up anymore. Um, I guess this will be my last question, but every time I say this will be my last question, like the hyperlinks, I, I have three more. Um, if you could have, uh, you talked about the DeLorean and how much you loved that part of that exhibit. If you could snap your fingers um, and have, and even make up an exhibit that fit your taste entirely, mm -hmm. what would it be? Oh, that's a really tough one. I think it would be really cool to have like a science of magic exhibit right. if we had something like that or also some kind of a historical period because I'm also a little bit of a, a history thing. But See, there's no such thing as a last question. What kind <laughs> of history, what time period do you, do you like? Um, a little bit of everything. I really go for like Regency period. I like Which that. Which Regency? So it's like George III, like Independence time. Got it. So American Revolution stuff? Yeah, but more like the the stuff that was happening in Europe at the time. Got it. Um, I have a, a friend, a former coworker and friend who moved over to London, and I have been re-listening to a podcast about the American Revolution, and uh, he's been over there a couple of years now. He says things like pounds, and I'm like, dude, I need to know how many dollars. Um, and I ask him, what do you call the American Revolution over there? What do they call it? Do they have some nasty name for it? So... We, uh, we would get along outside of this podcast. Yeah. A lot of nerdy things and history things. Yes. Um, did we get to everything that we need to talk about with the Imagination Station, which seems like an utterly, completely accessible place, and thank you for doing all that you do to, to achieve that. I think so. I really Amy, did we get everything? I think you did. We yeah. got everything. Okay. okay. Sorry, um, I need Amy. Jenny, <laughs> thanks so much for the time. Thanks for all that you do with the Imagination Station, which is an incredible part of our community. Thank you so much for having me. 68 Words has been a production of The Ability Center. Hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon. And executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently.